It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Hello to our wonderful listeners and um, welcome to another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges mindsets and paradigms that hold us back. This podcast can be heard on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and you can also watch us on our Facebook and YouTube pages as well. Tonight, I'm honored to have with me a very special guest in the person of Dr. Noel Nelson. Um, Dr. Noel Nelson was uh, gracious enough to, uh, to come on the podcast to share some of her insights or expertise with us and, um, and particularly speak about forgiveness. Thank you, Fred. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Pleasure is all mine. I want to uh, just uh, read a little, give a little uh, background uh, so our, our listeners can know a little bit about who, who you are and what you do. But uh, Dr. Nelson, you're a psychologist, trial consultant, you're an author. Um, you've written 14 plus books, most recent of which is the, uh, the I Survived COVID-19 What Now, which we're going to be uh, spending some time towards the, uh, the end of the podcast here. But um, you're, you're a successful um, author and you're, part of what you do is just really empowering individuals to, be, to live happier, healthier, and more successful lives uh, at home and in their relationships. You're a monthly contributor to 60 and Me, uh, and also a regular guest on Hitched Mag Podcasts. You're also a screenwriter. Um, I think one of your uh, works is uh, My Daddy in Heaven, which was created in 2018. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. And you also hold advanced degrees in clinical psychology from the United States International University and sociology degrees from the University of California at Los Angeles and Southbourne, Paris. Dr. Nelson, as I was reading um, a little bit about your, your bio and your, web, uh, your website, there was a story that caught my eye. And oftentimes when we have our guests come on to share you know, all the accomplishments and all they do, there is often that inability to realize that these guests are people like us who've been through trials and tribulations, right? And we're speaking from experience based on some of the challenges that we've dealt with. Uh, one of the challenges that you wrote about, Dr. Nelson, is um, the fire that swept through Malibu in 2018 that burned down your property and everything that you'd worked all these years um, for. I'm sorry to take you back, but do you mind us telling us, Dr. Nelson, about that fire and, and what happened and, and, and how you are able to move past that? Sure. Well, the interesting thing about that house was that it was a dream house. And um, I was able to get what was essentially a ridiculously fixing upper fixer upper <laughs> in 2000. And um, it, it came together really as a dream. And I spent the next 10 years fixing it up. Um, it was on the top of a hill overlooking the ocean with 180 degree view with State Park in front of me. And it was literally a dream that I had worked for, longed for, wished for, prayed for, and manifested. And never in, my, in any of my ideas did I think that that would be gone. I remember in 2018, that fall, uh, the fellow that helped me do things like redo the deck and things like that say, well, you know, there's some rotten wood here. What do you want to do? How long do you expect to stay here? And I said, till I die. Hmm. Because that was what, it was my dream house. I wasn't going anywhere. Well, uh, it was not to be. 
in uh, November of 2018, the Woolsey fire, which was just devastating for so many people, destroyed my home, all of my mementos, all of my family mementos, my everything, everything. I walked away with my two dogs, thank you God, with uh, my uh, laptop, my phone, and my wallet. And that was it. I had no idea my house was gonna burn down. I just left and I went to the, to the place I would always go to, which is my best girlfriend's house. And um, we stayed up nights watching television, trying to figure out if my house was intact or what. Because I lived in such a remote rural part of Malibu, the part you don't see on TV, mm -hmm. up in the hills where there's vineyards and things like that. We didn't know for two weeks whether my house was there or not. And when we found out it, it was gone, it was gone. Wow. So the challenge was not just the physical challenge, mm -hmm. but the greatest challenge for me, Fred, was people would say to me, oh, Noel, it's just stuff. Mm. Now, in a certain regard, they're right. I mean, I've been very, very blessed, and I had some savings, and I have wonderful friends, and, you know, when it came to finding a rental and buying T-shirts and stuff like that, they're right, that's stuff. But it wasn't stuff, Fred. Right. I lost my story. Yes. And that, that was the part, and still is the part, which is so difficult to forgive. Wow. Because you can imagine... Um, Oh, I never blamed the firefighters. They, they couldn't even get up to the area that we were. We were too remote. And when I say we, there were about 30 homes that were destroyed in my area. So I, I never had an issue with that. But there's a part of me that was going, why me, God? What did I do? You know, and, and it's irrational. And it doesn't fit with my belief system. But there's this big thing that sits on your heart when you go through either the death of a loved one, the murder. Of a, of, a, of a child or a significant other, the complete gone yes. of all, all that your story was. So, you know, it was a bit of a long, hard road, and I still work with it because, wow. you know, forgiveness is what, 70 times wow. 70? <laughs> yeah, yeah, as the Lord says, yeah. right? In, in the yeah, yeah. yeah. So. This is where, uh, Dr. Nelson, that I feel like your story fits very well into this podcast because this, this is really about challenging those mindsets and paradigms. And I, I, I don't downplay any of these tragedies, right, or, or traumatic events that we experience in life, whether it's, you know, losing your house in a fire, which you, you didn't expect, right? So all these unexpected uh, events that we go through in life and, you know, whether they leave us, uh, you know, alive or bitter or angry, there are a lot of folks who are who get stuck in these, in these moments, right? I mean, it's even for you, I'm sure there's still those, those memories. How does one, you know, when life throws you a curveball like it did, as I like to call it, how did you find that ability to move on? The first thing I think, Fred, for me, and, and it seems for many people, is to understand that when you don't forgive, you're robbing yourself of happiness. So forgiving, I've always looked at as it's going to sound weird, a selfish thing, <laughs> meaning if I don't forgive, I'm the one who suffers first and foremost. Yes. Yeah. And there's not just the, the robbing oneself of one's happiness, but when you hold that kind of resentment, when you hold that kind of angst and anguish and all that comes with it, your immune system suffers, mm -hmm. your cardiovascular system suffers. I mean, I know what PTSD is. 
I know what it's like to have your heart thud right out of your chest. And yet, you know, in your brain, you're doing it to yourself. There are certainly other circumstances where that's not so. But for a lot of us, when you're holding on to the, the unforgiveness, you pay. Yes. You pay terribly. And I, in a sense, I knew too much. I couldn't let myself get away with staying bitter and resentful and mad and angry and crying all the time. That I just could not stay there because I knew what I was doing to myself. So as challenging as it is, when you stop and realize the best thing you can do for yourself is to seek to forgive whatever, the whatever. And it's interesting that you say that uh, psychologists actually generally define um, forgiveness. And then there's so many implications. There's a spiritual, there's a health part, which you, you touched on. But they, they describe forgiveness as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person or group, uh, someone who's harmed you, regardless of whether they deserve your forgiveness or not. Oh, yeah. Um, my Angela describes this as the greatest gift you can give yourself. Gandhi describes it as the attribute of the strong. And he rightly pointed out some of those benefits as, you know, reducing um, anger, hurt, depression, and stress. There's actually reports, research articles that I've, I've done quite a bit of study, perhaps not as extensively as you have, but uh, this was a research done by the Mayo, Mayo Clinic in 2008. I think there were a group of um, patients who had come to the hospital with different ailments and didn't quite figure out, doctors didn't, couldn't quite figure out what was wrong with them. And um, and they, they, they went back and some of them had to decide to forgive, you know, people who've wronged them in the past. And they came back, interestingly, to report that some of those ailments that had plagued them had mysteriously disappeared, which I think underscores the point you made uh, about the benefits that we derive, right, when we choose to, to forgive. Your thoughts on that? Well... I do recall the study you're talking about. And it's so very interesting because we don't stop and think about what our emotions do to us, to our bodies, and of course to our minds, but they are active participants. <laughs> words, really, this runs this. <laughs> and when you know that, see, one thing that you touched on lightly, which is there are many components to forgiveness. There is, of course, the spiritual one. So part of me was going, Noel, you're a you like to think of yourself as a spiritual person. So come on, get over yourself already. Forgive. But I'm also human. I'm extremely yes. human. And so it took a lot of self-talk and a lot of recognition of, okay, do you really want to be doing this? Then not just to me, but then you expand it outwards. What am I doing to others? When I hold that level of unforgiveness, I am not a nice person. It, it, you can't help it. If you're bitter or resentful, it... it it pays forward in an awful way. Everybody else suffers, right? The dog, the cat, the kids, everybody else feels the brunt Everything. of your <laughs> anger. And after a while, I had to say to myself, why would you do this to the people who love you? That's a powerful perspective because we often don't, don't see it from that perspective, right? It's, it's always about us. And perhaps as someone watching or listening, saying, oh, oh Fred and Dr. Nell, you have no idea. If only you knew what they did to me if only you had an idea of what i had to and, and i understand perhaps it's a you know uh, someone walking out you know on the spouse infidelity whatever the pain that comes with it so there's someone probably saying it you have no idea if you only knew what i had to deal with <laughs> right 
And, and I would say, I agree. You have had horrendous things to deal with. And quite frankly, if we went through my life, Fred, we'd find a lot more. Mm -hmm. But that's not the point. The point is, it's still incumbent on us to be the best person we possibly can. And one of the best things we can do, both for ourselves and others, is that gift that you spoke of, mm -hmm. to forgive. And for, where people get hung up is they think, you don't know what I've gone through, and if I forgive that blankety blank, that he'll do it again, she'll do it again, whatever. Mm, that's the wrong approach. You, you can't come from, I'm giving them permission, because that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is letting go. It's not giving permission. They're two entirely different things. I, I totally agree with you. And another misconception that I've heard is, oh, you know, when I, when I forgive, I'm, I'm, I'm stooping so low, right? It's a sign of weakness when, when, when I forgive. But the opposite is actually true. It actually takes a strong person to forgive because you're confronting the uncomfortable. I interviewed a guest, Laura Farenthold, a couple of weeks ago, and she shared an example of thing attending a, a wedding, and there was this family member uh, who was there at a wedding, and obviously they hadn't spoken in a while, and and sometimes just seeing seeing that person alone just brings back all these painful memories. And she sure. shared that it was at that point that she decided to walk to this family member and and and, and hugged this person and they and refused to let go. And for a few <laughs> moments, by the time they, they they were done, they both started crying. And she described how relieving it was for her. But she had that, lost her her husband her. through cardiac arrest a while back, and I asked her what would you do differently knowing that this was never one of the things that she said was not letting the sun go down on your anger. I think it's Ephesians 4.26, which I thought was very powerful. Your reactions to that? Oh my goodness. First of all, it took enormous courage. And I'm so applauding her for having the, the, the wherewithal to go up to this person that she basically couldn't stand mm. and going, you know what? Too bad. I'm going to love you anyway. Because if we all could just do that, even a little bit, Fred, Oh, our world would be so much brighter. So that would be one thing I would say to it. And the other is, yes, knowing what one knows about the impact of anger and resentment and bitterness, to keep it even so much as an hour is not a good idea. So letting it go before the sun sets, yes. That's, you know, people say don't go to bed mad. Yeah. A lot of our common sense sayings actually have a lot of sense to them. Yeah. Don't go to bed mad at yourself. You know, we don't, we don't forgive ourselves either. That's the other yeah. one. Yeah. You need, we need to forgive ourselves, forgive the dog, forgive the loved one, forgive whatever in our world so that before we go to bed, meaning go to bed with a peaceful mind, you'll do yourself so much more good. Yeah. 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 One, one article that I read um, said that one five-minute episode on anger is strong enough to impact one's immune system for up to six hours. And that was startling because this was, I was like, one five-minute episode? I mean, up to six hours? And I think the opposite is also true. I heard this thing, uh, another person say that the same one hour of laughter or lightheadedness can also impact your immune system positively for up to 24 hours. Right. Thoughts, thoughts on that? Oh, just that we, again, we forget how we are connected and that really our emotions 
are what then feed the neurotransmitters throughout our hormonal system and all that, which is what generates that response, be it either a positive response to our immune system or a negative response to our immune system. So, yeah. But, you know, I think if I look at the bigger picture, really our concern first and foremost needs to be, and pray tell what good is it doing you not to forgive? To you, to others, to your world, what good is it doing you? Why would you waste your energy? So much of what I see when I see people angry, hateful, rageful, unforgiving is I feel like saying, why are you wasting your, your, your life force, your energy? You're such inside, you have so much more to you than this moment, year, hour of rage. How about working towards releasing that, letting go, the true meaning of forgiveness, letting go so that you can be who you are truly meant to be. The, the counter argument I've heard people say, because I've asked those questions as well myself, especially now, and I want to be careful, um, but uh, this, there's always this, they call it righteous indignation, right? If we don't do that, we're not going to get the attention that we think we deserve. So we, we have to, at all costs, we have to do whatever to get to get the attention of the other person. So, 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 so yes, I, 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 I hear you. I hear what you're saying, Fred, but there's always that but, right? But no, we're, I'm not going to allow myself to be trampled upon. I've got to speak my mind and let the chips fall where they may, right? So to speak. So it's that longing to, to validate, right? One's actions or to fight for a cause. And oftentimes it's through that, that we, we see the downstream impact of, 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 of all the things that come, that, that come with it. So Yes, I, I hear what you're saying, Fred, but, but, but yes, I, I still need to make my, my voice heard. I still need to show them, <laughs> right, or, or uh, put them where they need to be. <laughs> there's a difference between make your voice heard and show them. There's a big difference. Yeah. And there are people throughout the ages who have managed to make their voice heard without beating up on the other guy, so to speak, yeah. figuratively or however. Yeah. So it's, it's not easy because it is absolutely true. You can get more attention by whapping somebody over the head with a stick. However, they're now bleeding and unconscious. So, you know, but you've made your point by whapping the person over the head with a stick. But, but what, what have you accomplished, really? So, yes, I hear the argument and I hear the counter argument. And I will stubbornly, very stubbornly, stand up for, okay, I'm still going to try to be the best I can be. I'm going to be like that lady. And I will hold her for the image of her hugging that person strongly in my mind because it's such an inspiration and it's so powerful and, and it's so powerful and she was like Freda how to be how to be that that big that bigger person right yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and the, the sad part uh, Dr. Nelson you know, you've probably encountered this uh, through your practice but the, the human or the spiritual really the spiritual element of this is tomorrow is not guaranteed anyone right we, we don't know for sure what tomorrow is going to bring and so here I am holding someone in contempt for what they did to me. Um, and then what if they drop dead and die? I mean, I've seen just relationships destroyed. I've seen governments toppled even. I've seen political upheavals. I've seen families destroyed just because of this unwillingness or inability to, to forgive. So is that something that we need to keep in mind? You know, not sure where, because if I... If I hold my kid or wife or friend, you know, just in contempt and God forbid something happens to them tomorrow and they drop dead, would I be able to forgive myself 
Would my conscience set me free knowing that this is something I could have done, but I chose to withhold that, that, um, that, that action. You have a much, longer, yeah. a much longer uphill battle. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Because the guilt would really eat away at you. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's like people sometimes say, well, you better live for today because who knows what tomorrow will bring. Yeah. Okay, fine. But on the other hand, I don't think that, how do I say, I would prefer to be driven or inspired not by fear mm -hmm. of, well, they could drop dead tomorrow. Now, this is just me, okay? I would rather be inspired by how much joy can I bring today? Yes. How many smiles can I bring to them today? Mm -hmm. What laughter can I, can I share with somebody today? What, what support or encouragement can I give to somebody today? Now, that's just where I come from. I love that. I love, uh, I love that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And you also touched on... Um, forgiving ourselves right I, I think it's one thing forgiving the other person for what they've done but the other struggle uh, is, is, is ourselves maybe mistakes that we've made in the past and and the associated pangs of guilt right that, that we choose to live in oh gosh i why did i do this maybe it's something we did to someone and how does one forgive oneself I mean, how do i forgive myself for something that i know and the and the guilt perhaps it's people reminding us of, of, the, of the trials and tribulations or the mistakes, right, that we did? And how do, you, how do you forgive yourself? You know, one of the most powerful ways I can think of to forgive yourself comes out of AA, amends. In other words, when you know, I know I've done some things I really wish I hadn't done. When you know you've done something that you, you know you shouldn't have done and you're, and you're guilted and all the rest of it, is in order to forgive yourself, to make amends in one way or another is a very powerful tool. Let's say, for example, that you had a row with your mother, a terrible row, and she got cancer and died and you never had an opportunity to, to fix it and you're just consumed, okay? So you can't do, you can't make amends to her. She's gone. Mm -hmm. But what you can do, in addition to looking at yourself and saying, look, I don't know why I behaved that way then, but I know I was hurting. So maybe that's one place I can start to, to go to forgive myself. And I can make amends by, for example, volunteering at a cancer hospice. I can make amends by doing something, doing an action, which speaks and this would be different for everybody, to whatever it was that you can't forgive yourself for, in a way that, if you will, now your bad feelings don't only serve a bad purpose. It's, it's hard for me to put this in words, really. But the upshot is, actions speak louder than anything. And if you wish to forgive yourself for something you know you did and you don't have the, you can no longer go to that person and give them the hug or whatever, then try to find some positive action which speaks to you, which would help make amends. Because that, you know, AA has some pretty powerful stuff and a pretty powerful track record. And I think that is one of the reasons because of their understanding of you got to make amends. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. Does the mind or, or the mindset, I, I, and this is personally for me, that you have to get the mind right, right? You have to have, like I mentioned earlier, it's, it's a 
it's a deliberate decision. It's a conscious decision. But I believe that a lot of the battles that we fight, we fight uh, starts right here in the mind. You have to be in that, in that right frame of mind, right? So there are all this, you know, the subconscious thoughts and all the, the feedback that it gives us constantly. You're no worthy. Oh, yeah, why did you wait till now? You, know, you should have done this earlier. I be, and I could be wrong here. That's where we is. It, is it important? How important is it to be able to overcome some of those negative mindsets first of all, right? Is it or is it important to subdue, you know, those voices that we hear in our minds telling us or giving us all the reasons why we're not worthy of ourselves, whether we can't move on, you know, what what why this is going to be uh, a thing that haunts us, you know, throughout our lives? Is that even important at all? Oh, of course it is. And, and one of the um, more interesting ways of dealing with it, in the absence of going to a therapist, a counselor, and so forth, is to talk to yourself in the mirror as if you were talking to your best friend. So your best friend says to you, I'm a piece of expletive deleted, I'm not worthy, I, I've been a terrible person, blah, blah, blah. Now, would you say to your best friend, oh, you're absolutely right, you're the worst person that ever walked the face of the earth? No, you wouldn't. To your best friend, you, you try to find some way to support, encourage, recat, reframe their thinking. Well, you can do that for yourself because we always know the other side. Mm. We always do. And self-talk is a very powerful psychological yeah. tool. Now, I'm a writer. My self-talk always takes the form of writing. Mm -hmm. And so I end up writing, and then in, in brackets comes my comment to me as my best friend. <laughs> It doesn't matter how you do it, but self-talk, one way or another, really, really helps with that mindset. Because you're right, you can't go into it just thinking you're a piece of mm. no, mm -hmm. not going to work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, such a such a so such a powerful concept. I, I'm particularly uh, mindful about my my frame of mind because it it all starts up there. If, if that mindset is not right nothing else else falls right so i am i am intentional uh, about what i feed my my mind on what i read what i listen to uh, whose opinion i listen to who i let into my inner circle so to speak because one unlawful entry into my life or into my mind you know can can destroy a lot of things and so i i it's it's great to hear that that uh, you know mindset plays a very important role in our oh. in our decision and ability you know what helps me a lot with mindset is affirmations now, people That's will say, one. well, what, what good does it do to sit there and say, I'm a strong and worthy person. I'm a strong and worthy person. Well, I have news for you. If you say it 400 times a day, eventually it'll sink in. Because <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a man thinketh, right? So, so is as, Exactly. Right? So, yeah. Yes. And that is so true. And the thing with affirmations is, yes, it's much more powerful if you can believe it as you say it. But often we're not in that place of believing it. And what I found is, it's okay. Sometimes you can start by saying, I am willing to be willing to believe I am a strong and worthy person. And I'm sharing something very personal with you, Fred, because I said to myself, I'm a strong and worthy person for years before I believed it, when I was in my 20s, having a different kind of miserable time. Years. And then one day, it was true. So... We have lots of tools. There are wonderful authors everywhere. There are magnificent podcasts and all of this, which have the resources, have the tools to help us get to that place where mindset, the mindset is a positive framework for everything else. Mm. And it is very important. Mm. One thing you said there, uh, Dr. Nelson, about the fact that you, you had to say this to yourself 
for years. Um, I love that because I think there's this in this in our current society where you know I want it and I want it now, give it to me now. <laughs> it's a it's a microwave society, right? I mean, I have to, I have to put it that way. Where where we want things when we want and we want it now. I mean, uh, our kids teach us that, right? Or, you know, daddy, why, when, can I have it now? When are we getting there, right? And so there's this expectation that change has to happen overnight, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or the fact that I'm telling myself that I'm smart and I'm worthy, I have to see the results immediately, right? What we often forget that it takes years in the making to get to that state of mind. And so it's not going to, it's not something that happens overnight. It's something that happens. I think it's Proverbs. That's 423 that says, you know, guard, guard your heart with all diligence, right? And diligence is something you do over and over and over again until you get it right. So perhaps there's, you know, someone again, listening, thinking, Oh, I, you know, I, I tried it once. I tried a couple of times and it didn't, it didn't work. So I gave up. It doesn't work. What would you say to that person? How would you react to that? <laughs> I was, you know, I'll look at any Olympic athlete. How much do you think that Olympic athlete practices after their gold medal? Okay, not just what it took to get there, but what are they doing to stay there? It it takes an enormous amount of diligence. Yeah. So, are our minds any different from our bodies? And oh, by the way, Olympic athletes train their minds just as much yeah. as they do their bodies, but. That's a whole, that's a subject for another day. But the thing is, it does take time. It takes diligence. But for me, Fred, the rewards are so great. Yeah. They're just so great. The way that, that example you gave just is still with me and will thrill me. Further beyond this podcast of the lady hugging yeah. that other lady, the reward of that was huge. Yeah. Now, someone would say, well, it only took her a minute and a half to walk over and do the hug. But how long did it take her to get the internal workings, her mindset, that she could do that? That's what took the diligence. Yeah. And even some of the voices that she probably had to overcome, and this is just me surmising here, right? I mean, why are you even wanting to, well, what if you go to her and what what if she tells you off? What if she walks away? Or what if she doesn't want to, you know, so overcoming some of those, you know, the voices, right? As I like to put it, alone is, is a battle. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Wow. Wow. This is, this, this is so great. And that, as, as we, you know, this dovetails nicely into our current environment with, with COVID. And I, I know you just wrote your book about um, I survived COVID-19. What now? Can you tell us a little bit about, about that, uh, about your, your, your latest book, Dr. Nelson? Yes. Um, <laughs> The subtitle really tells it all. It says, finding success and happiness in a post-COVID world. Mm. Because what I have found is that we really need a new approach, a new mindset, as you would call it, which, to say it very simplistically, is optimism. In other words, to look at what might be a better way, what could work, what resources might be available. So it's not Pollyanna, head in the sand, rose-colored glasses, it's none of that. But it's instead of staying stuck, which is easy to do on, this is horrible, believe me, I think it's horrible. This is horrible, I don't like doing the mask, the social, the whole bit, my life is catawampus, I don't like it. Instead of staying stuck, there's, okay, okay, what might be a better way? What could work in this circumstance? What resources or help might be available? Because frankly, Fred, that's what saved me after the fire, Hmm. is looking at life, my life, my completely demolished life from, okay, okay, nothing you can do back there, it's done. 
All right, what might work? What could? What resources? And that opens up so many possibilities. Perspective. Yes. It's frightening for people to do that because they might fail. That's true, but you might succeed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I love that. And, and, and it's hard, you know, watching that, you know, sometimes I have to disengage a little bit because it's, you know, there's always going to be stuff to, <laughs> to keep you there, right? Whether it's the, it's the death toll. Uh, I've even lost count now. I'm not even keeping up with those numbers, but it's the death toll and the jobless unemployment claims and the businesses that have been lost and, and all of these things that we're being reminded of daily, right? It's right there in your face. It's flashing on the news. It's right there to remind you. Right, and so the ability to disengage from that to ask yourself what might work, and I think that's where a lot of us get stuck, right? Whether it's COVID or or, or whatever, but keep keeping keeping the conversation here in COVID. What what good is there? I just lost a family a family member, not not me, but you know, talk. I know several people actually. We have friends of ours, family members who've lost loved ones through this, and so that memory is forever going to define what their what their viewpoint of COVID is, right? I mean, I, again, it's, it's, you have no idea, you know, I lost my job, I lost my business, I lost my loved one. What good <laughs> could, could possibly come out of this? I don't know. But in looking forward, in other words, what could come out of this? I haven't a clue. I'm not a mystic. But looking forward, how might I emerge from this? What might I be able to make work in my life? What resources might I find available? It's, it's that willingness to go forward. Yes. And that's hard because we are, I wouldn't say trapped, but we are caught often in the pain. Fred, I have no, my work disappeared. I have no work, period. I haven't had work since this started. I don't have work in the foreseeable. So I'm, I'm in the same boat as an awful lot of people. Granted, I haven't lost a loved one, and I know people who have. But still, we get caught in those places, and the only way through is to keep moving. Yes. You know, it doesn't say, how do I say this? The Valley of the Shadow of Death is not a place to camp out in. Right. It's a place to move through. Mm. So if this is our Valley of the Shadow of Death, mm. we need to keep moving through. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful because we could decide to, to pitch our tents there, yes. right? Or we could decide yes. to keep walking through. And David said it, even though I walk through, it didn't say when I, when I stay there. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a powerful perspective. And to your point, Dr. Nelson, you, you could also be asking all these questions, right? You could also be blaming everything. Oh, why me? Work's gone. Oh, and you please. could stay there angry, bitter at, at everybody else, right? But again, here's where the perspective changes everything, right? It changes the narrative, it, it changes it changes everything. And that's what I think is a struggle for a lot of us because we we only see, you know, the the bad we don't see anything beyond this. I mean, yes, there's a another strain coming, oh we're doomed, we're not gonna reality, right? Versus, you know, whatever we want to call it. But that if <laughs> right. My first, my first training is as a sociologist. A sociologist takes the long view of society, right? And that has been extremely helpful to me in circumstances such as this, right? Which is to look and see how far the human race has actually progressed in terms of millennia. Mm. We have just take some, some obvious recent things, all right? It is no longer okay to abuse your children. Do people still do it? 
I'm sure they do. But it is no longer acceptable. It is no longer acceptable to beat your wife. It used to be, hey, dude, you can do whatever you want. She's your wife, mm. right? Mm. So there are many, many things. If we take the long view, people used to die regularly of all sorts of things they don't die from now. We have had the plague. We have had other pandemics. And yes, we managed to move beyond. Was it fun? No. Was it pleasant? No. Did we have to do a mm -hmm lot to get through that? Yes. Did we? Yes. So often what I say to people is take the long view. Yes. Take the long view. Yes. Because in the end, we humans, as long as we keep moving forward, we do prevail. Mm. We got to keep moving forward. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. Um, another of my special guests, that, and I, these stories just keep springing back. Uh, I've, heard, I've heard some pretty powerful things. Um, Dr. Nelson, she was, she was raped when she was five years old, mm. raped again at age 15, mm. and then ended up in a, in a very long abusive relationship for, for 10 plus years. And so her whole life mm. had revolved around abuse. So abuse was seen as the norm for her. But she decided and she told herself, uh, and this is what she shared on the podcast, and she says, Fred, I came to the realization that what I allow will continue. Mm. And so she had to turn around from, I guess, what had become the norm, from what she'd known, you know, growing up and, and take a complete 180, I guess, to, to be able to move past that. And I would imagine that was not a very, very easy thing because there were threats, you know, you'd never amount to anything. If you leave, you're going to take this kid. So the, the, there were clear and present dangers, right, associated with that. But she still told herself, what I allow will continue as long as I remain in the situation, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's with bitterness, as long as I remain here, nothing is going to happen. I have to confront the uncomfortable and make that bold step, however scary or frightening that might be, again, because what I allow will continue. And she and did. Good for her. Good for her. Yes. But, but how many people are in these types of situations trapped, whether it's in these mindsets or in, you know, these situations, we just can't seem to move past. Perhaps there's someone listening to this podcast or to Nelson, they're like, where do I even start? I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the thick of all this. I mean, how do I even get out? How do I even, you know, there are threats. I'm not even sure where to start because there's so much at stake. How do I even get out of this <laughs> mess? You start by wanting to. Hmm. It all starts with, I want. Desire. Think different, desire. And then you start reaching out, even if it's by this much, to anybody and anyone that might be able to lend a hand in some way. Hmm. And what you'll find, what I discovered after the fire was, perfect strangers are actually perfect. Yes. I received more help from people who did not know me that I did not even ask anything. I was just in the vicinity and I was in obvious distress and they reached out. So somehow when you can manage like she did to say to yourself, I want something different. I want something better than this. Then doors will open and they do. I don't want to say magically, but they, they do somehow open. But you have to be willing to take that first step of I want and then reach out, reach out, reach out, reach out. Yeah. Sometimes you'll be rebuffed. Sometimes people say, hey, don't look at me. 
But sometimes someone will say, oh, can I pay for your medication? Yes. And, and there's so much of that skepticism, right? I mean, I, and distrust in a society. Ah, I'm not sure what they're going to think of me or maybe when I, when I become too vulnerable, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, the perception may be that I'm weak and so we're, we're so guarded, right? But there, there's been several people I've talked to on this podcast who've, who've told me that the reason that we're able to get from, from or get out of that situation in which they were was as a result of, was, of other people. Well, there was a, was a um, ex-military guy who told me that he had come to that point where he was about to commit suicide because of, of that PTSD. Um, and, and it was his wife who reached out. And as a man, he, in the military, he, he wasn't used to being, being vulnerable because it's the perception is that, oh, you're a sissy, you're weak. And so he was ready to end it. Getting help was not on his plan, but until he decided to, to be vulnerable, he wouldn't have gotten that help. And, and, and he lived. Thankfully, he was able to, he was about to just end it. He was about to commit suicide, but his wife was able to, to reach out. And so there's this, again, I think it comes down to this, you know, we, we, we're, we're so guarded that we, want, we don't want other people to, and I get it, we want to be careful. I, I, I understand that. But sometimes we just have to be vulnerable to get the help that, that, that we want, right? I mean, in your case, I mean, you're, for, just putting myself in your shoes, I mean, I, receiving, right, from someone, I mean, what does that do to my ego, right? Would I, would I appear as weak? Or, but we have to be able to learn to receive, right? Because if, yes. if you don't, right, you can't do it all alone. We need help. Everybody needs somebody, right? Really, that's where my favorite phrase is, takes a village. Yeah. I mean, I've learned that over and over and over again. And what I've found, Fred, though, is... 99.9% .9 of the people on the planet want to help. They are good people. They may not, you know, you can't tell from the outside, but you'd be astounded at just how good people are. So it's called give yourself a chance, give them a chance. Yeah. yeah. And there's this uh, saying that once, once bitten, twice shy, right? I've been hurt before, right? The first fool's... Uh, as a fool, the second time around, now nah, I, I don't want to do the zinger because I was, I was burned badly, you know, the last time, and so I'm not going to allow yeah. myself to go through this anymore. <laughs> How does one deal with that, right? Perhaps someone listening or watching asking, "Oh no, I went down that rock and they took advantage of me, so I'm not going to allow myself to be vulnerable anymore." I, I, I see. Just, so, so you're going to cut yourself off from all possibility of love and and happiness and so forth because once you got slapped, but good mentally speaking. Well, here's the thing, is welcome to life. <laughs> we get bumped and pushed around and all the rest of it, but as long as we learn from it, because that's the thing. If once bitten, okay, I've had unsuccessful relationships, right? And it's then I had to step back and say, okay, okay, how did I allow that other lady's phrase, wonderful word, how did I allow, what was my part in this? Oh, I see what I did. I was too eager for it. I was too needy. I was too whatever. Okay, then let me take a look at how might I behave differently in another relationship. Let me test out some different skills. Let me go take a seminar, listen to a podcast, read a book. Let me learn from this as opposed to create another wall in front of myself. Yeah. 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 In my approach. Yeah. Powerful words. I, I love that. And that's what brings us to a close. Um, Dr. Nelson, we're... Are you, as you practice, can you tell us, our audience, some of your books, what you're, 
I mean, where do you even get this book, The I Survived COVID? I don't have it, but I'd like to read that because I had one of the few books that have been written on this um, concerning what we're going through right now. Where do they get this book? And maybe there's someone watching or listening who needs help, maybe wants to talk to a trusted advisor, counselor. Um, is other resources? Is it something to do? Can they reach out to you? And I'm going to have your, you know, if you're okay with it, maybe website and sure. you know, the bottom of the screen when this airs. But um, the COVID book, um, you know, I survived COVID-19, what now? Uh, that is available on Amazon. And so are my other books, some of which address domestic violence. That one's called Dangerous Relationships. Mm. Healthy Relationships, Your Man is Wonderful. And I have a whole host of books and they're all on Amazon. Uh, I no longer personally practice psychotherapy, uh, but there are wonderful therapists and all it takes is a little bit of Googling and so forth to find someone in your area. And I would strongly advise it because really when you reach out for a helping hand, chances are excellent. You will find that helping hand. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. There's there, still good people out there and, and we have to just have that desire to get a help. Otherwise we're just going to be stuck. Um, any final thoughts? Um, I'll let you have that. Well, before, before we do that, um, if you're to look back, uh, Dr. Nelson, about, you know, on, on the, you know, whether it's the fire or, or some of your own personal uh, challenges that you had to go through, um, is there anything that you'll do differently? I mean, with your perspective, how does, how does that, how has that even changed your perspective um, on life? Oh, it has it all. I'm so much more patient <laughs> mm -hmm. and I'm so much more compassionate. Um, I would say that my perspective on life and on other people has become much, much larger, much more expanded, much more generous, much more forgiving. Um, because for me, that's what the decades have done. Yeah. They've, I've, I've been very, very lucky. I've learned and learned and learned, and that's where I've come. Yeah, yeah. And, and one last question, and this is one that's perhaps my, 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 my signature question to ask everyone is what defines them. And I asked that question um, intentionally, Dr. Nelson, because again, it's, I, I may allow myself to be defined by perhaps, you know, something that passed, you know, a failure or, you know, loss of job, loss of business, whatever. There's so many people who allow what they go through to define them. And so again, they remain where they are because they can't move past, they can't see past anything but that, right? Um, what would you say defines you? Appreciation. Mm. I came to an understanding that it's more than gratitude. Appreciation is valuing something before it's even happened. Mm. I can appreciate tomorrow before tomorrow is here. And I'm sometimes called the thank you lady because <laughs> I run around appreciating anyone and everyone. As a matter of fact, I surprise people in airports because I'll go up to the TSA I spend, used to, before coronavirus, spend a lot of time in airports uh, for work. And I'd go up to the TSA person and say, thank you so much for helping us. I'd walk up to the policeman, they, they sit up in this thing over there, and say, thank you so much for protecting us. And they look at me like I've dropped in from another planet. But I have learned that appreciation is the one thing that people crave. Yes. And if I can give this much to, I don't know, one person every other day, maybe, more if I can be out there in the world, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what, and I don't care who it is. It's to me, for me, what has come to define me. Appreciation. Wow. 
powerful. You'll find three or four books of mine all called The Power of Appreciation, The Power of Appreciation in Business, The Power of Appreciation in Everyday Life. It's needed. It's needed. It's needed. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Now, as we wrap up, um, I'll let you have the final words. Whatever you want to say to our listeners who are maybe watching um, us on uh, on Facebook or or YouTube or listening to the podcast or iTunes, Spotify, or wherever they may be listening to, um, (laughs) what would you say to them? I would say, take heart. You are bigger than you know. You are braver than you realize. And there is good out there for you. Mm. Take heart and move forward. Mm. Take heart and move forward. Thank you so much, Dr. Nelson, for coming on our Time with Fred podcast and sharing your thoughts, your experiences, insights uh, on forgiveness, and also to our audience who um, joined us uh, today listening to this podcast. Really appreciate wishing, praying for the very best for you. Stay well, stay safe, and until next time, um, blessings to you.